Welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. Thanks for joining us in this series, Early Christmas Presents. Next up, you're going to be hearing from my mom, Debbie Mills, as she takes a look at King Herod's role in the Christmas story. I was chosen to get to talk about Herod, and uh, when I looked into that, I was just so excited that I got to, because um, since the creation of time, uh, there's been a redemption story written about Christ, and um, here it is, the Christmas season, and we're talking Emmanuel, God with us, and uh, and, and I, I just love the way this goes back to the beginning of time, and to I think about the amazing creation that God created, and how He put us in the Garden of Eden to enjoy such a perfect fellowship with Him. And because of sin, um, that that fellowship was hurt. A lot of pain and suffering came into our world. And I think since that time, God in His perfect timing has just been waiting for that that perfect time for the Savior to be born. And looking over Scripture, you can just see this thread being woven into the tapestry. And... Um, with Herod, it was no accident that uh, he was very angry when the, the the report came to him that a king was born. Of course, Herod, being a very jealous, um, selfish human, hated the thought that a king was born. And so out of jealousy, he naturally wanted to annihilate any competition but after studying about Herod, I found out that goes a lot further than that because Herod, in his ancestry, was an Edomite. And there's, there's a story behind that. So backing up to the beginning of time, when um, mankind broke the fellowship with God and he was working to, to bring the redemption, we see how he, um, he chose Abraham to, to bring that redemption story for, uh, for the Savior to be born uh, from his descendants. And uh, no sooner had Abraham planned a family that we saw the immediate struggle between good and evil, between the flesh and the spirit, uh, with the spirit, Isaac representing the spirit, and Ishmael representing the flesh, and this was carried on further when Isaac's twin sons were in the womb. It said that they struggled inside of their mother's womb. After the twins were born, the oldest, Esau, uh, deserved that the birthright. Uh, the younger son wanted it, and his mother wanted it for him also. And she understood, as did the father, uh, the blessings, the spiritual blessings that God had promised with Abraham that was going to come through their descendants, that a very special promise was coming, and she understood that, and she felt like she needed to intervene a little bit. So in deception, she and Jacob plotted a plan that he would steal the birthright and the blessing from his brother Esau. So in, in deception, uh, they did that, and uh, Jacob received the spiritual blessing uh, from his dad, Isaac. And uh, Esau 
who was deceived was very willing, though, to give up that birthright for a bowl of stew. And uh, Esau represents the flesh. When we talk about the flesh, uh, about the fallen world, those of us longing to, to please our own selfish desires and to live for ourselves. And so at that point in Scripture, we see where Esau represents the flesh and that uh, the spiritual blessing would come through Jacob. And immediate hostility was born between the two brothers as Esau moved off and married into a, a different culture. And Jacob continued on to be blessed with his, his 12 sons. And uh, eventually, um, when his descendants ended up in slavery in Egypt, God promised once again he was going to deliver them and bring a spiritual promise. After 400 years there in bondage and slavery, through Moses, God delivered his people the promise uh, out, of, out of bondage, promised them the promised land. Uh, but during that time, once again, they uh, took things into their own hand. So that promise of the promised land was delayed for a while. And we saw while in the wilderness, God gave them the Ten Commandments as a schoolmaster just to sort of show them how far off we are that when we fell in the garden that and that fellowship was wrong, that truly we cannot be good enough to earn God's salvation and we can't be good enough to, to measure up to God's standards. And over time, of, um, in the Old Testament, we see how God arranged to have the sacrifice, the, the sheep sacrifice to atone for our sins. And eventually, the ultimate plan was for a final sacrifice. And, of course, we know there would be no sacrifice in all the world that would be good enough to redeem us, to bring us back to Christ. So what did our amazing creator do? But he chose to be born in this earth, leave his throne in heaven, come down to Mary, be born a virgin, and live a sinless life. So when Mary brought this baby into life that night, um, and I know the star was shining and the angels were singing and the shepherds took note and the wise men began their journey, they are sort of understood that something marvelous, something in creation had happened that night, something so deep and so profound, they couldn't explain it, but they knew it. And so God started drawing them, drawing them, the Magi, back to uh, Bethlehem to see this king. And in that process, end up uh, at Herod's palace. And uh, Herod, hearing once again that a king was born, sought to destroy this promise. And we know that it's more than a, an earthly thing that was going on there, but a spiritual thing that from the beginning Satan has hated mankind and has sought to annihilate them. And here, ultimately, God had left his throne in heaven, had come to be born, and here it was, the final showdown. God had been born in the flesh. So Satan was pouring out all his influence, inspiring Herod 
to annihilate and kill every little boy under the age of two, as he had done once before with the promise of Moses in Egypt. So in God's provision, in God's in God's goodness, he, uh, he spared baby Jesus. And, of course, we know the rest of the story that uh, um, the Savior was born and he... Uh, he uh, lived a perfect, sinless life and laid his life down for us and died on that cross so that the ultimate sacrifice, the, the lamb, the perfect lamb that takes away the sins of the earth was sacrificed. And now those of us who received that sacrifice have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ and the redemption has been made, the fellowship has been restored. So I hope everyone that hears this has been to that point in their life where they understand uh, that the, the Creator wants to restore them. And if He has restored them, I hope you understand that God is with us, that Emmanuel lives in you.